If you've ever have read the books, The Lord of the Rings actually was supposed to be one book, but it was so big that it was divided up into three books. The books or the movies or the radio drama. Well, anyway, in the last book, it's called The Return of the King. And if you've never seen The Lord of the Rings, watch it. It's great. It's, it's a great, it's one of those action, it's a popcorn movie, make some popcorn, eat some popcorn. But the last book, the, or the last movie, is called The Return of the King. And it's about Aragorn. And Aragorn is, he's a ranger, but he's the rightful heir of the kingship of Gondor. And in the, the last book, or the last movie, it's about Aragorn who comes back to take his throne. And in, in the books, there's a steward of Gondor named Denethor. And he's there, and Denethor does not want to give up the kingship because he's, he's had it for so long. He's actually not a king. He thinks he's a king, but he, he wants to hold on to the power. He wants to hold on to his throne. And eventually, his throne that he holds on to is taken away from him. He despairs at the end. And he commits suicide, and then Aragorn comes back as the rightful king and takes over the kingship of Gondor. This is not in the movie, but it's actually in the book. And there, there's a fascinating, when Aragorn takes over as king, and there's many that are wounded from the battles, there, there's an ancient legend in the Lord of the Rings, the hands of the king are the hands of a healer. The hands of the king are the hands of a healer. And Aragorn, with his very hands, he takes king's foil in his very hands, and with his very hands, he's able to heal the wounded. And I think this is much like Christ, that Jesus, he's, Jesus is kind of like a ranger right now. Like, where is Jesus? You ever say that? Well, like, where is Jesus? Jesus, it's getting chaotic down here. It's getting really bad. The laws, the injustice is getting really bad. The persecution against Christians. I always mention that because we're not aware of it, but it's out there. Millions upon millions of Christians are subject to unjust laws out there. Not just Catholics, I'm, I just mentioned Christians. If you're a follower of Christ, you're subject to unjust laws, you're persecuted. Your houses are being burned down, your churches are being burned down. You're being persecuted. These are the modern martyrs of our day. And so we could kind of say, well, where is Jesus in all this? Why doesn't God do anything? You ever hear people say that? Why doesn't God do anything? Well, God's just waiting for his time. And God is patient. He waits for his time before he's going to come. He's going to allow things to get worse, not better. Thing, I always say this to people. If you think things are bad now, they're going to get worse. They're going to get worse. God will allow evil to reach its apex and its pride. Only then will he bring it down. Will he show it for what it really is? Because evil has to see its fruit. People have to see the fruit of their actions before Christ comes and will assume his throne 
here on earth and will bring about healing also. The hands of the king are the hands of a healer and the hands of Christ are his wounds and his wounds are there for healing, for healing all of us, for healing us of our sins, for healing us of the effects of our sins. And so every king, every ruler on earth, and maybe leaders aren't going to like this for me saying this, every ruler on earth is like Denethor. They're only a steward. They're only here for a time. They're only here for a time until the rightful king comes. And he will come not in diapers like he did the first time, he will come not crucified like we read in the gospel with the crown of thorns on his head, how he ended his life and shedding his blood, reigning from his throne of the cross. But he will come in power and glory in the heavens and every eye shall see him, even those who pierced him. When will it happen? I have no idea. That's my best humble answer. Because people want to speculate, when is it going to happen? And I say, I have no idea. I have no clue. I'm not God. I do not make that prediction. That is up to God to decide when the time will be right. But know that the time will eventually come in this world, whether it's in our lifetime or in an age after us. It will come. It will come. So that should bring us hope. Hope when you, when you see chaos in the world and you, and you see all this trouble and everything. But now, let's bring it more practically. I'm, I'm very practical. Let's bring it more practically into our own spiritual life. So we have kingdoms, countries out there Yes, they have unjust laws. There's injustice committed against the poor and the hungry, committed against innocent people that are out there. And some of us may be sitting home, say, I can't do anything. I'm homebound. I can't do anything about that. And maybe you can't. But let's see what we can do. There is another kingdom. And what's that other kingdom? Maybe it's not the United States or Canada or, you know, England or whatever kingdom is out there, whatever country that you belong to. There's another kingdom. And where's the other kingdom? You know where the kingdom is? Yourself. Yourself is a kingdom. Think about it. And the throne of your kingdom is your heart. Where your heart is there your treasure will be. And so sometimes we worry about wars that are after, like, you know, the war in Ukraine. And yes, we should be worried. Yes, we should help. We should pray for peace on both sides, both Russians and Ukrainians, because they're innocent people being killed on both sides of that conflict. But we can get too caught up into the world and not realize there's a war within inside of us, within inside our kingdom. Do you have peace inside your own kingdom, your own self? 
Or is there a war? A lot of times there's a war happening inside of us. And that war is trying to enthrone itself in your heart, in your, in your own kingdom. And so a lot of times we look outward always for happiness. And we fail to look inward. We fail to look inside ourselves. And why do we fail to look inside ourselves? Maybe we're scared. Maybe we're afraid. We're like, I don't want to see myself. It's ugly. It's, yeah, and that means there's chaos in there. But don't you want Christ to establish his throne in your kingdom first before in the world? How is the world going to be transformed if you're not transformed? How is your family going to be transformed if you're not transformed? So the way that you can look at this is who reigns as king of your heart? Who sits on the throne of your heart? Think of that. Think of that. Who reigns as the king? And you can explore there and you can say, oh boy, there's a lot of vices. There's, there's a lot of kings there. You could go into the seven capital sins. That's usually one of those reigns. That it could be materialism. It could be lying. You're a perpetual liar. And you can't live in the truth. It could be work. It could be sports. It could be sex. It could be money, gambling. It could be drugs. It could be alcohol. It could be food gluttony. It could be anger, violence, where you're violent against other people. You're abusive in your language, with your hands. Who reigns as king of your heart? This is where you need the Holy Spirit to properly examine Who reigns as king of your heart? This is what Christ is going to ask us when we die, we meet him in judgment. He's going to say, what king did you serve in your lifetime? Who was the king that you served? Who was the king of your heart? And we can lie to Christ, but the truth will be revealed to us. Or we can be honest. And you know what Christ will do? He will open up the golden book of life. If we say, oh, no, you you were king, Jesus, and they'll say, oh, yeah, was I king? Let's see if I was king. And he'll open up the book of life and show you your whole life. All your thoughts, all your words, all your actions will be revealed to you. And I'll say, who was the king? Who was the king? Don't come to that point. That's the purpose of this homily. So you don't come to that point and you don't try to justify yourself in the judgment. So what do you have to do? First of all, you have to examine yourself and say, who reigns on my heart? Who is king right now? Usually each of us has what's called a predominant fault in the spiritual life, something that we're inclined to. If you don't know your predominant fault, just If you go to confession often, and the sin that you're confessing often, that's your predominant fault. That's how you can tell. That's why confession is great, because confession will reveal your predominant fault. 
and say, oh, I fall into impatience all the time. That's king of your heart, impatience, judgment all the time. That's king of your heart. So to, you got to kick out that king outside your heart and throw in Jesus inside your heart. How do you do that? Well, confession is a good way. Holy communion, prayer. But ultimately, God will take us through a stage in our life, what we call, what we could call a purification, what we call a passive purification, where, where the, the Lord purifies us. A lot of times he'll purify us through suffering, through illness, through trials and tribulations in our life so that we don't become attached to the sin, so that we become detached. And, and the Lord will help us to detach from the sin. As we detach from the sin and we invite Christ into our hearts, then Christ begins to reign in our hearts. And how long does this take? I always say it takes a whole lifetime. God gives us a whole lifetime. Sometimes I always say this to people, and they laugh at it. Sometimes in the spiritual life, you might be like a rabbit and go right to heaven. I think of St. Therese, 24 years, bam, she crucified herself. She was taken up into heaven after tuberculosis. St. Faustina, 33 years, she was a rabbit, ran the race, tuberculosis, she goes to heaven. And they're saints. Other people, however, are turtles in the spiritual life. They can't go as fast as St. Therese and St. Faustina. It takes them a while to overcome their vices and their sins and for Jesus to reign in their heart. And so the Lord may give you more time, 40 years, 50 years, 60 years, 70, 80, 90, 100, maybe 110, 120, but that's very rare. I think the oldest person was 122. But whatever time the Lord gives you, if he gives you more time, you're a, kind of a turtle. But you know what? Who cares? Who cares if you're a rabbit or you're a turtle? You're going to the same place. If it takes you a longer time, that's all right. As long as you work with the Lord and you keep humbling yourself and you keep asking for God's grace, you keep asking for God's mercy, God will help you in the spiritual life. He'll help you to practice those virtues, overcome those vices. The, probably the last ruler on the king of our hearts, you know who the last ruler or king that is that's enthroned on our hearts? You know who that is? The self. The self. That's pride. The self. Me, myself, and I. My own self-will what I want to do, my way, my will be done, my kingdom come. Don't we pray that in the Our Father? My kingdom come, my will be done. Some of you are shaking your heads. No, we don't pray that in the Our Father. We don't say my kingdom come, my will be done. We say your kingdom come, your will be done. See that? So every time we pray the Our Father, we're crucifying the self. We're saying, at least I desire for your kingdom come, your will be done. Maybe I'm not there yet. I still got to kick the self out, crucify the self, allow Christ to come in there. But that's why we pray the Our Father every day. Your kingdom come, your will be done. May your kingdom come here in my heart. 
Once Christ comes in the center of your heart, and he takes care of everything in your life, everything, then your kingdom is at peace because Christ is reigning supreme in your heart. And the spiritual life in St. Teresa of Avila, she calls this the seventh mansion. If you ever read St. Teresa, she talks about the seven mansions of the spiritual life in which she describes it as a castle. And she said, if you're outside the castle, you're in sin. But as soon as you convert from sin, you enter into the castle and you enter into these different rooms, different chambers. And your goal is to go into the center of the castle and in the center of the castle is the throne room. And in the throne room, there's Christ reigning as king. And she said, that's your goal, is to get to that throne room and then for Christ to reign as king of your heart. And she describes that as the seventh mansion. She describes it as the spiritual espousal of Christ in which you're united with Jesus as his spouse. And he's reigning in your heart as king and spouse of your heart. And when Christ can do that, he can do amazing things through you. And so to have this, it takes time. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of purification and suffering to do that. I, I, won't, I won't say it's an easy road. And we'll be realistic. It does take suffering to do that, that you have to be crucified with Christ in order to overcome yourself. But don't be afraid of what God asks you. Keep enthroning Jesus in your heart as king of your heart. And where there's a king, there's always a queen. So also enthrone Mary as queen of your heart. That's consecration to Mary. So when Jesus and Mary are ruling in your heart, then that peace can be established in the world. Then the reign of Christ can be established in the world. Only when Jesus rules as king of our hearts and Mary rules as queen of our hearts, then we can truly have peace from within, that the kingdom of God is within you, and the reign of God begins with you. It doesn't begin out there. So many times you look out there and we say, I wish this person would change and I wish this person would do this and do that right. Maybe they won't. So why are you letting that upset your own kingdom? If they don't convert, focus on your kingdom because only when you allow God to reign in your heart can you truly Help that other person who maybe is not seeking God, maybe does not know the love of Jesus Christ and their hearts. Allow Christ the King to rule. That's the whole goal of the liturgical cycle. It was this 34th Sunday in ordinary time is to allow Jesus to be King of our hearts and then he can be King of our marriages king of our families, king of our communities, even religious communities, king of our states or provinces, king of our countries, and then finally, king of the world and king of the universe.
Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.